tell a story about them. All right? They said, hey, mama died, and we got this inheritance, and uh, we want to bless the church. And so my thoughts were, thank you, Jesus. I wasn't the pastor at the time, which is probably why this happened the way that it did. Uh, but, uh, but they said, we want to bless the church. I said, let's do it. Said, we want to buy the church new chairs, pew chairs. And I thought, man, that's going to be great. I can't wait to pick out the color. Oh, by the way, they're going to be this awful shade of purple. Somebody said, ugh. Let that church say amen. They're the most terrible shade of purple. Now, some of y'all might like purple, but do you want to sit on purple every week? Those chairs are ugly. It affects what you can do with the paint. But they, but they were so excited. They're like, we've got this money that we're going to give, but we reserve the right to choose what they are. Rather than saying, why don't we get some folks together and decide exactly what, what uh, Riddell's seen our chairs. He knows they're ugly. Uh, you know, what, 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 what gives, you know, we, we gave the money, so we're going to make the choice. That's the spirit of entitlement. Now, they're wonderful people. I'm not preaching against them, but what I'm saying is we should never get into uh, the rut, the, the human rut that says it's going to be my way or I'm going to take the highway or you're going to take the highway. It's going to be whatever I want or it's not going to be anything at all. Listen to me. That's not how the body is supposed to act. The body does what the central nervous system tells it to do. Actually, the central nervous system does what the brain tells the central nervous system to do, and then the rest of the body does that. The body does what it's supposed to do because it comes all down from the head, all right? So we have to understand that we're either going to be all in or we're going to have trouble. We're going to be all in or we're always going to take issue with something. We're going to be all in uh, or we might find ourselves all the way out. So it's not a country club. This is the church of the living God. Amen. So one of the questions that you should ask yourself repeatedly in prayer is how can I best serve my church? You should never ask yourself if you should be serving your church. That sounds real similar, but it's not the same. It's like a lady that came to me one time. She said, Pastor, I've been praying. She said, I really feel like God wants me to take some time off of church. I said, you've been praying, huh? Do you know who answered you? I didn't even ask her that because we've had this conversation 15,000 times. And I was just like, you know what? You know, all right. She was doing some jobs in the church and didn't feel like she was uh, appreciated as much and publicly lauded as much as what she should have been. And so she said, I've been praying about it. God wants me to take time off church. I thought, you know, that's a lot like one of your body parts saying, I'm just going to take some time off today. I mean, what would you guys do if you got up in the morning, rolled out of bed, and your right leg said, I'm calling in sick. You're going to fall down and bust your face. You're going to have to push that button that says, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. You know, uh, some of y'all would be in real bad shape if your phone decided, because it's part of our body too, right? It's just an extension. If, you're, if your phone decided, I'm going to take today off too. It's attached. It's attached. It's an appendage. It's an appendage, whether it's stuck to your hand or your ear. Either way, like phone's like, nah, I'm going to work today. Uh, that means you're not going to go to work today because nobody has an alarm clock anymore. Everything 
needs to work like it's supposed to work, that's how the kingdom of God works. So, in other words, biblical membership means that I should expect to serve rather than be served. Amen. All right, moving quickly. There are no nobodies in the church body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more than, these, than those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. Amen. There's a lot of depth to that. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. I'm going to say that one more time. And that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I don't want to jump off into anything too deep right here, but I'm going to tell you, if something is troubling your neighbor, it's troubling you. If something's causing them grief, it's causing you grief. If something's causing uh, the neighborhood grief, it's it's causing this church grief. We're concerned about what you are concerned about because we are supposed to carry one another's burdens. That's what it means to be a church member. You might be saying, I don't care about none of that. You need, you know, okay. Snatch a little empathy out of your closet. Be like, That's, that doesn't speak to me, but I see why it causes you a problem. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over here and join up with you. Amen. All right. That can mean whatever it needs to mean for everybody. But I just want you to know that the church's responsibility to each other is that we care what everybody else cares about. I know that we're in the world but not of this world, but we're in the family, and we are of the family. Amen. All right. So just as one member of the body is interdependent on the other, so it is with the body of Christ. So we need one another in order to do the work of ministry. If this church is going to function like God has designed this church to function, it will take everybody doing their part. Amen. You can have a one-man band. He's talented and coordinated, but he has no depth or flexibility. I have a good friend of mine. Actually, he's a family member. He's, he's a great musician, and people think he's a great musician because he plays many instruments, but he doesn't play any of them with expertise. He's good in a pinch, but if you need him to be technical, he can't do it. Amen. Uh, you know, it's, it's important to understand that you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. But churches can at times, not this one because you're all amazing, uh, but at times we can lean and depend too much on certain individuals to do everything. And that's not how this works. God did not design the body to work that way. Amen. So how foolish would it be if I said to the music, our teachers and the media team, that, you know what, we don't need you guys on a Sunday morning. We're just gonna, we're just gonna come in here and do our thing and, you know, pastor's gonna preach a little bit and you all just go home. We don't need anybody else. The body would not be functioning quite like it ought to be functioning. Nobody can say that your gift, your function in the church is less important than theirs. I said, nobody, that also means you. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time somebody come up and said, I'm not as important as the other person. Sometimes I've thought, that's probably true. No, I'm just kidding. 
said, your attitude stinks. Anyway, somebody walked up and said, you know, uh, I, don't get to, I don't get to touch the microphone as much as, much as, as uh, Brother Wes, our amazing assistant pastor, and uh, I just don't feel like I'm needed here. Well, that's weird. You know, that happens, but, that, but that's a weird way to be, right? If, if you woke up in the morning and be like, I love my church, but I don't love that so-and-so gets to do more than I do. Man, I rolled up in here this morning, and I was sitting in my, in my car still, and I looked up, and this church had valet parking. One of, the, one of the elders hopped out. I see you, brother. He hopped in the car, drove the car around, and I thought, what? You mean to tell me that I should have pulled up in there and I would have got valet parking? I don't know that he had to do that, but he did go do that because he saw a need and he went and took care. I haven't touched the door since I've been in here because somebody opened the door for me. Amen. Not because I'm important, but because that's the culture in this church. We're going to open up the door for you. You don't have to touch the door. It might be your corona protocol. I don't know. But don't, 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 uh, don't touch the door. Don't, put, don't bring your nasty germs to church. Get out of here. Get out of here. My germs are only germs going to touch this door. And so whatever the case may be, our church culture, amen, is a culture of service, and it's service of one to another. And that's the other thing that I might say. I might be the guest evangelist today, but I'm not the only person that got the door open for me. Now, I already hear somebody, ain't nobody opened the door for me this morning. Well, guess what? Because we're the church, you still have two hands, and you can open your own door. Matter of fact, go open the door for somebody else. That's your punishment for, th- for thinking that. Go open the door for somebody else this morning. Amen. Nobody can say that your gift is less than everybody else's gift. For instance, the eye can see what needs to be done, but it depends on the arms and the hands to complete the job. The head may know where it needs to go, but it depends on the feet to get it there. Furthermore, there are parts of the body that are indispensable, even though they might seem weak. For example, try living without your kidneys. You could live without your arms and your feet, but not your vital organs. Yet those are hidden from plain sight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay on this for a quick second. The things that make the body function oftentimes are the things that are yet unseen. It's all the behind-the-scenes work. You let the behind-the-scenes work have an issue, and the whole body's going to be laid up in a hospital bed on life support. I'm telling you. Amen. What happens behind the scenes is just as important as what happens right here on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday and a Bible study and a revival and conference or whatever the case may be. The most indispensable people in the church are usually the ones that do their work for the Lord quietly behind the scenes without the need of fanfare or recognition. Hmm. Look at your neighbor, tell him he's preaching, but he's supposed to be teaching. Okay, I'll try to dial it back. Everybody needs to love everybody to be a healthy church body. I'm almost done this morning, just about on time. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles and secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? 
have all the gift of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. That's talking about the gift of tongues and not the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. But covet earnestly, 31, the best gifts. Whoa, hold on just a minute. I know we're not supposed to covet, but, but this is talking about some things that God really wants you to want. Are all, does everybody do all these things? No. No. Talking about tongues and interpretation, that reminds me of the time that, uh, that uh, I was preaching a youth rally one time, and there was a guy that hopped up and decided that he was going to give tongues interpretation. You know, he took, it's after I had preached, but he took the pulpit and, you know, ah, whatever. And then, and then he interpreted his own tongues, and thus, but he messed up, so he started over. He said, hold on, let me start over. And it reminded me of that time where, where this, this couple, you've probably already heard this, but this couple that was in church, this husband and wife, they would always speak in tongues and the other would interpret, right? And uh, every, every church service, but this service, they were mad at each other. he done something that made her mad. And he hopped up and said, bah, da 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 bah. And uh, she said, thou thinkest that thou art a humdinger, but thou art not. I don't know that that's a true story, but if it was, it could only happen at church. The best stuff always happens at church. So let me, let me wrap this up right here by telling you that not everybody has the same gifts. But Paul said that we should covet the best gifts. What he's saying is you should want more than anything to be as useful to the body as you can. You should want more than anything to fill every needed job. Amen. Every needed job. Can I just say this? Because this church does a great job at this. So this is a really good, good way to, uh, to talk about some things that you do. The church world is in need of more hospitality than it has ever been because there are so many people who said, I went to church and nobody talked to me. It happens all the time. Uh, we were on a vacation and went over into, into Arkansas, and we went to the superintendent's church of a large organization that's not ours, and uh, he wasn't there that day. But from the moment, it's a, it was a large church, and we're like, because we're those people that go to church on vacation. You know, some of y'all was like, I'm going to the beach. and like, we're going to go to church. That's what we do. We'll feel weird if we're not going to be there. All right? And so we, walked, we got in the parking lot, and there was one girl uh, that saw us on the way in, and she said hello, okay? Now, keep in mind, Arkansas is still the South. You're supposed to be friendly. And uh, the South is overly friendly. Like, you can't, you can't even tell anybody what you think until you've gone through all the protocols of how to get there first. It's exhausting. It's one thing I like about the North is you guys are just a little bit more direct Although Indiana is, is mid-America and it's a little bit more Southern in culture, that's all right. That's all good. Uh, but, uh, you know, these folks didn't even jump to step one. They didn't even look at us. We walked in. Now, I, I, I didn't have a suit and tie on. I didn't look like any, anybody of any type of dignitary or whatever. I just, we just had normal uh, vacation clothes on, going in there, sitting down. Nobody talked. Even the ushers didn't talk to us when they brought us our cards to fill out. And then they didn't talk to us when they came back to get them. 
And then nobody around us said hello. Like, you can't tell that we are not normally here. Like, whatever. And uh, nobody said anything. Then church was over, and we hopped up, and everybody started leaving, and nobody said, hey, good to see you guys. And so, you know, we walked out, walked into the foyer, and still nobody said hello. Nobody stopped talking. Nobody even looked at us. And we got all the way out of the parking lot to our car, and we were like, whoa, this was, this was weird. And, uh, I mean, this is like the, one of the churches. <laughs> and uh, we got out to the car, and that same girl that talked to us in the parking lot came running. She's out of breath by the time she got there. Uh, she come running to us. She said, I am so sorry for my church. She said, I can't believe that nobody said anything to you. I was like, well, you said something to us, you know, and I shook her hand, and I told her, I said, by the way, I passed her over in Oklahoma, and I just wanted to come experience another, another church today. She's like, well, I'm sorry that you came to this one. And I thought, whoa, this place had hundreds. It was packed. It, it, was, it was about this size of sanctuary, but it was completely packed. I mean, like, we, we pretty much grabbed the last couple of seats, and the students weren't even in there, and uh, nobody cared that we were there. The church world needs hospitality more than we ever have. If I had been a, a, a somebody who was looking, I would have left there empty-handed. Actually, I wouldn't have left there empty-handed. I'd have probably left there with a grudge, and I'd have probably said, those snobby Pentecostals, why would anybody want to go there and listen to what they preach? But here, here at Heritage, amen, uh, you walk in here, somebody's got a smile on their face, they're glad to see you, it's hospitable, it's a good environment, amen. If you need something, somebody's willing to help you. If you're hungry, they got peanut brittle, come on, somebody. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. And so, you know, we have to understand that that being gifted with hospitality, it doesn't come easy to everybody. My, my dad travels around. He, he, he welds for the, for the union, for the Pipeliners Union. And so he's had the, visit, uh, the chance to visit a lot of different apostolic churches as well. And you know what? He's running a lot of the same things. There's places he's went in that nobody said a word to him. Let me ask you a question. If somebody walks in here that's never been here before, would you recognize that they've never been here before? I feel like you would. Yeah, you would see that. You would look over and be like, hey, and I can guarantee you that at the proper moment, somebody's going to hop up and you're going to go welcome them and say, I'm so glad that you made it to church with us today. You're probably even going to engage in some small chat with them. Say, man, what, you know, where you come from? What you do? You live in this neighborhood? Or like, no, I live over there. Oh, okay, what school do you go to? So on and so forth. And that's going to give you, give you something with them that ties them to you. It is being hospitable. I'm telling you that I wish that everybody, I'm like Paul, I wish that all would speak in tongues, right? I wish that all would prophesy. I wish that all would work miracles. But he said, you know what? It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. If you don't have love when you do it, if you don't have love when you do it, ah, I'm going to say that. If you don't have love when you do it, you're just making noise. You're just making noise. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful that we're ministering this morning to a group of people who have love about what we are doing here. This is the birthing chamber. Amen. Birthing new souls into the kingdom. This is the place. And everybody in Muncie and the surrounding area needs to know that this is the place. If they walk into the room, they need to say, look at their family members and say, this is, a, this is what we've been looking for. This is the place. This is the place. This is the body. I can attach myself to this body. Quickly, 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 as I, as I close, it's 11-11. It's time. Stand with me. I'll say this. 
You see this all the time in transplant surgeries where they'll transplant an organ into somebody's body. What is the main thing that they watch for? They watch to see if the body is going to reject the organ. The organ never rejects the body. It wouldn't have been there if it had not been compatible. But the body will reject the transplant. So if we are the body, come on somebody, if we are the body, the only way to be a healthy, fully functioning church body is to love the body unconditionally. Amen. Look over at your neighbor and tell him, I love this church. I love this church. Amen. I love this church. Clap your hands to the Lord, everybody. I'm going to turn it back over. We're going to take about a five-minute break. Bishop said, okay, we're going to take a five-minute break. Shake somebody's hand, be friendly, fist bump them, chicken wing them, whatever it takes.